This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. Great to talk with you after a victory. The Stars win in overtime. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. If you missed it last night, we did a post game with Robert Tiffin of D Magazine. He was terrific. And another D Magazine writer, but you also have him on Shap Shots and all over the place. He's my man. Sean Shapiro, it is great to talk with you. Happy holidays. He's our regular on Spits and Suds. He's a massive part of the growth of Spits and Suds. Oh man. So you got to spend time with the kiddos this morning, a little uh a little a little gathering at their school. Yeah, no, it was good. As I was telling you before we came on the air, it was uh with uh had to go, got to go do the build the had to build decorate the uh, gingerbread houses for the kindergarten with the with the kindergartner this morning over at the school. So a nice. good way to start the day. Um, she, uh, I, I'm not even making this up. This is true. She, uh, while most of the kids were focusing on the house, she focused on building more of the surroundings around the house. She actually built a tiny rink in the yard for her gingerbread oh, house. So that's I was awesome. Uh, there that's was a, a smile on my face. Yeah. Smile on my face for that one. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it was uh, it's the, the days go the day's been going well. Wow. So what was your what ended up being your plus minus as far as the gingerbread house? Uh, as far as you like as as far as far as like consumption versus actually making it on. That could be that could be one analytic we could look at. But I, I was yeah. thinking the actual the foundation, the building of the house. Did everything stay yeah. upright the first time? I mean, minus if it didn't, plus if it did. Yeah. So the structure was so they had done it was kind of one of those where they had gone and so credit to school teachers who are saints for all they do and handle everything right like yep. so they had gone and done kind of a bit of the uh it was like coming it was kind of it was more of the we were more of the uh the decorator slash uh fabricator at the end it was kind of they, they were the ones that were kind of already a little bit more sturdily built came together so the house was already so it wasn't as much of the uh of the five-year-old building the house it was more so of uh, coming in and, and making it their own so it was uh that made it a little bit easier from the building perspective and probably honestly in the long run probably saved the uh kindergarten teachers a lot of grief and tears yeah. i'm assuming and uh as far as the other one the uh we uh as far as the consumption of the of the food versus the decoration uh i'd say it was a uh, for things like the M and M's mm. and the uh, and the Reese's, it was probably about one to one. Okay. Where probably for everyone that made it on, there was one eaten. So uh, then uh, there's some other things. 
and then uh, a couple. I don't. I don't think any candy canes were eaten. I think there was a okay. bunch, of, bunch of candy canes got kind of. Uh, just, they just became kind of a a key part of the structural build of her her master plan. So that was. Uh, but the M and But the uh, M and M's and the Reeses. There was. Uh, we had to make a couple runs back to the to the table to get some to get some extra building supplies because they were eaten by the. Uh, <laughs> you know, every this is really interesting. I was just thinking of this. Guys, we'll get to hockey in a second. But <laughs> um, at Halloween, the candy corn's the big debate. You know, do you like candy mm-hmm. corn or do you not? Yeah. Nobody talks about around the holidays that gumdrops make an appearance. You never see gumdrops otherwise. No, you don't, right? Like it's now there were gumdrops in the gumdrops in the build and the kind of decoration, but I don't think they're yeah. eaten very. I don't think they're eaten. I think no. I think gumdrops are more of a. I think gumdrops get the, gumdrops uh, are the garnish. Ha- yeah, yeah, they get they get the pass because they're they're decorative. Yeah, they're, they're 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 decorative food and not a, to be eaten food. I think I think that's the issue where it's not candy corn. Never really uh, candy corn. You can you can be you can have an opinion one way or the other on it. But even if you don't. But it's not like with candy corn, there's like, oh, well, we're going to build something with it. Like gumdrops, even if you don't like gumdrops, there's still something to be done with them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's start, and Sean will give his thoughts on last night's uh, thrilling overtime victory in just a few mm-hmm. moments. But Sean got an exclusive and had the opportunity to sit down with Logan Stankoven, Maverick Bork. Uh, late last yep. week and wanted to get the latest from those guys and how they're feeling. They were in Grand Rapids playing the uh, Griffins uh, earlier that week. Uh, we had an opportunity on Spits and Suds to talk with Cross Hannis. Really, really nice kid. Um, you know, I hated to see that he got a healthy scratch in one of those games because coming back off that shoulder injury, but he played uh, really well against Texas earlier in the year. We had a nice conversation. You can hear that. Uh, just go back into the Spits and Suds library, and you'll see. Uh, so support him. He's from Highland Village. So tell us the latest on Stankoven and Bork. Yeah, this is actually a great little tease here because uh, just finished up. This is all fresh in mind. One of the things I did last night was uh, while, catch- while watching the uh, – actually, after finishing that overtime game, I got some work done finishing up the uh, – a story that's going to run in D magazine on, on Stankoven and Bork. But yeah, so I sat down with them last week and it's, uh, it's really impressive what these two guys are doing for Texas right now. Um, I covered in person the most uh, impressive Texas stars season history in his in history in, pre- in performance um, that 20 um, that 2013, 14 season in Texas when Travis Morin, who is now an assistant coach for Texas, um, won the regular season MVP and the playoff MVP and was just dominant. And uh, Curtis McKenzie, our old pal was uh, yeah. on that team as well and was a rookie and won AHL rookie of the year. And um, you kind of get that feeling right now. You get that kind of special hardware type year feeling with Stankoven and Bork. And now the difference between what Stankoven and Bork are doing in what McKenzie and Morin is doing is McKenzie and Morin um, were, I believe McKenzie had gone all the way through college. I think he was like a 23, 24 year old rookie because he had done four years of college. Um, Morin was already a long time established AHLer. Um, so not, not to take nothing away what they did, but that was 
just they were kind of already established. They were older, established players. What Bork and Stankoven are doing at 20 and 21 years old right now is it's, it's, I don't want to say unprecedented because it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't, I feel, I feel that like that word gets thrown around too often sometimes with things. But from a Texas perspective, from a Stars Prospects perspective, we've never really seen a prospect duo come in and light it up together at one time for the Texas Stars like this. We've seen guys, you've like, You've seen guys have maybe one guy doing this, one guy doing that, but to see two playing this well. And like right now, um, and because of the fact that the outside factors is like, you look at the Stars cap space, and we can have discussions about this and people want to or whatever, but because of the Stars cap space, there's no room to call these guys up to the NHL. So these guys, like, you're looking at the, the, in the clubhouse favorite right now for the league MVP in Maverick Bork and the rookie of the year in Logan Stankoven. And that's just the reality. They have been that good. Um, And one of the things that's most impressive about all of this and take nothing away from Stankoven, obviously he's got to play his game and he's done great. But to me, the Maverick Bork story, and this is something I focus quite a bit about and I would encourage people to read the D magazine story tomorrow as I go deep and more in depth on this too. The Maverick Bork story for what he did this year, what he's doing this year after last year and how he basically stumbled last year and, and, and struggled. And he learned from that, not only for himself, but also for Stankoven. And so it's like Bork almost stumbled. So he and Stankoven could run this year. Like, I was literally just pulling up the stats on it earlier. So this is this is amazing. So let's Maverick Bork. Uh, Texas plays Grand Rapids again tonight, by the way. It'll mm-hmm. be their 25th game. Okay. Um, through 25 games last year, um, Bork with Texas. He had 11 points, only four primary assists, was averaging less than two shots per game. His time on ice was 14.57. And he was getting rocked in the face-off circle. That was last year as a 20-year-old through 25 games. Tonight, he'll play his 25th game for Texas. So far, through 24 games, he's got 32 points. He's second in the league in primary assists with 13. He's averaging 19 minutes per game. He's averaging three shots per game. It is in a... This is the type of year-over-year improvement that like he's not just doubled what he did last year he's tripled it and it is it's impressive and not only did he set himself up for success like this he and Stankoven have become good friends and he's really kind of gave kind of that skeleton key to Stankoven of how to avoid his own struggles to start the year and they talked a lot about it and everything and, and their games play so well together. It's uh, like Maverick Bork is like the dude is legit. And I don't know. It's hard to track because it's a development league and the, the records aren't kept. So it's hard to pull up everywhere. But like you're also talking about a 21 year old kid who's an assistant captain for Texas. And I I can tell you that Neil Graham 
the coach of the Texas Stars doesn't just give that away for developmental reasons. You have to earn that role. Neil's a big, you have to earn that letter type role. And so when you've got a team, Texas, obviously we know Curtis McKenzie's the captain down there, but when you have a Texas stars team that has some older, like veteran players, the stars typically bring in to kind of help out with everything. When you've got a, um, Alex, Alex Petrovic and Derek Puya and Alex Petrovic is one of the assistant captains too, but, and you've got a, you got some other guys who you would think would be in that conversation. When you get the 21 year old kid, who's an assistant captain and a leader on the team, it says a lot to me. I just all over. So the Maverick Bork story. And once again, people please read it in D magazine tomorrow or whenever you listen, if, if you're listening, if it's already out, check out, I probably tweeted it already. The Maverick Bork story to me is the biggest thing of all of this because this kid is, you take a first round pick, he expected decent things, and he has set the stage for some incredible potential things in his career. Like this, this kid's exciting. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, one of the things when he was drafted is everyone talked about was his hockey IQ was high. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great to see that, you know, the, I, I just wonder the second half adjustments learning from vets like McKenzie and others down in Texas, but also the ability to retain that information and use it so quick, because you're right. The turnaround, not just this year, but when you look at the second half, the fact that granted he didn't play, but he was called up for a playoff game and got that experience that just showed how much the organization thought of his second half of last year. Yeah. And I mean, it's the, to me, it's the, the growth, it's the ability to it's the ability I think the other thing he did, and this is why um I'm very excited about this kid's future, is the fact he kind of went and was willing to kind of put in the work to learn the other parts of the lineup. And what I mean by that is he was able willing to do some of the things that a first round pick, a quote unquote gifted top six player. He didn't only do that for Texas. He was willing to play lower in the lineup. He was willing to play more defensive hockey. Um, He does all of those things. And you kind of realize like, like it's funny, like they're actually, we're, we're, we're talking glowingly about this duo right now. And they actually haven't scored the past two games, but um, last Wednesday against Grand Rapids, they had a classic, like, this is how you dominate a game without putting the puck in the net. And part of that goes into the full 200-foot game, everything like that. Like, to me, like, Maverick Bork is, and it's it's funny because they're the same age, and it's it just shows how good Wyatt Johnson has been. But, like, Maverick Bork to me is looking more and more like, hey, we got two of these guys with you get you if you're if you're dallas you've got wyatt johnson and maverick bork you got two guys like this who can kind of be like this and honestly i think bork's ready already like bork is ready for the nhl it's just a tendency of the stars don't have the space and 
it's okay right now that and that's fine this is things are if you let them you let them cook this year in texas you let them win a league mvp you let them do all that and then you just make sure in the offseason you do what's right to get him in the lineup next year because he's ready so last night i was talking with robert and he he said something that you've said is let's have this discussion in may <laughs> yeah yeah but it is a, a good transition on this podcast yeah. based on what matt duchene is doing yeah. what he did last night how unreal he has looked in a star sweater on a one-year deal pavelski on a one-year deal uh going through the salaries as far as you know control and what jim nil can do I just wonder, it is it is fascinating. I think Stars fans, based on Bork's play, based on Stankoven's play, are you know starting to think to themselves what happens next year. Because I will tell you, Sean, it was amazing in the podcast last night when we asked for questions, how many people were saying, got to re-sign Duchesne now, got to get Duchesne signed. And that's, in, in Robert's warning of let's wait till May is a good one. The other element of this is you can get Matt Duchesne if you're looking at your long-term build, right? You can get Matt, you can bring back Matt Duchesne and have Maverick Bork and Logan Stakeoven as part of your plan next year. Like, like for example, let's look at it this way. You've got um, Craig Smith and nothing against what Craig Smith has done, but Craig Smith has been fine. Craig Smith is 34. Yeah, UFA next year. There's probably one spot. Um, you have... I mean, it looks like... I mean, Gavin, we've talked so much about... I mean, Radic Foxit with a healthy scratch last night. Yeah. We're looking at... We're looking at maybe the final writing on the wall with that at some point. I mean, you can make it work. And that's that's the thing. I don't I don't think you... I don't think you avoid re-signing Joe Pavelski and Matt Duchesne because of what Maverick Borker and Langwood Stakehoven are doing. I think you you realize that you need depth. Injuries do happen, because they do. And it's just, I mean, like, the Stars have just been incredibly lucky yeah. at how healthy they've been. It's, it's amazing how lucky the Stars have been. And you are going to need... Um, at some point, as you move in and you kind of make these moves, you're going to have to make some financial decisions. Entry-level contracts for Maverick Bork and Logan Stankoven are going to be golden pieces of roster finagling um, I, w- w- when it happens next year because they are going to be, next year, from a Dallas perspective, if you think about the potential of having Johnston... Bork and Stankoven all making less than all making around 850k I think is what it'll be each on average um that is a huge advantage in the cap era so I it's one of those like I, I hate to go back to the old cliche let's check back in May but it's true there are moves that will be made like I mean who expected the Vegas Golden Knights to trade Riley Smith after yeah. they won the Stanley Cup right Riley Smith literally gets the Stanley Cup first from Mark Stone as the captain, hoists the cup. Riley Smith gets the cup second. He's gone and traded because to make moves so they could uh, um, 
who's the, uh, the the Russian who plays on Eichel's wing? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, Barbashev. So they they trade they trade away they they trade away Riley Smith so they can they can keep they can sign Ivan Barbashev. Decisions will be made. Don't box yourself into decisions right now. Um, don't box yourself into decisions on everything right now. If you can sign Matt Duchesne right now for a nice little $3 million deal next season, great, do it. But if I'm Matt Duchesne and Matt Duchesne's agent, I am waiting till July 1st. <laughs> I am waiting till I am waiting till July 1st. And I am just, just the reality of the finances of life. Matt Duchesne is setting himself for a major payday yep. um, a- after this. So uh, I know you people want to re-sign Matt Duchesne and it's, that's, that's, that's great. To me, my bigger one would be uh, getting Pavelski done in season, just because I think there's a uh, he's already shown enough proof of life to me that this is the that you want to keep rolling with this plan. And I, I think, and we also saw on the flip side, I think we've seen what happened in San Jose when they decided to let him walk and kind of how things kind of unraveled after Pavelski left. Yeah, so he's a good guy. To me. Exactly. So to me, Pavelski is the one where I'd be a little bit more focused on getting it done season just because I just, the, the Matt Duchesne market is going to be fascinating because he's only going to be 33. Um, he's going to be, there's going to be a lot of money on the table for him from somewhere. And you got you got to figure out what works and what doesn't here. So yeah, I am I am fascinated because I know agents are in the mix, and agents' job is to get the bag, and most players want to get as big a bag as possible. However, I do think there is something, and I'll use the Dodonov in different player. However, a nice fit in the Pete DeBoer system, and we've seen thus far the same thing with Duchesne. He has been elsewhere at times, and I don't know, a Matt Duchesne down year might be 40 points. But, you know, he hasn't been that player that we're seeing now. Um, one thing that we're I'm really, really impressed with, Sean, is how good defensively that line has been. Um, yeah. You know, not just, not just the offense, which they're providing, and a lot of people could argue that, you know, that could be the top line on the Stars right now. I mean, I, lines are so interchangeable now, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but at the same time, like defensively uh, with, you know, formerly a, a pro offensive Tyler Sagan and a Matt Duchesne, you know, I mean, they're just, I think defensively, that's also a solid line. It is. No, it's, it's a real, well, it's a, it's a strong, well-rounded line. And that's something where even when Marchman struggle offensively, I think Marchman's always been a little bit better defensively than people want to give him credit for. And I think part of that is just because Marchment was brought into the reason the Marchment contract always looked bad and struggled was because you pay that type of money for a goal scorer. You're not just paying for um, defensive presence from a forward. So that 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 forward line is obviously that line has been great all the way around. And to me, the element that Duchesne has shown is he's shown elements of his game that we really haven't seen in Nashville the last three or four years. And I'm not sure. And this is one of those fascinating things where you can argue back and forth till you're below in the face about it. Is it Pete DeBoer's system? Is it simply getting out of Nashville? Is it the freedom of like sometimes getting bought out can be one of the most freeing things for a player. 
Um, look what happened with Val. And I know this one's going to sting for stars fans. I'm bringing it up, but look at Val. Nichushkin. Yep. Val got away from Dallas and was able to reinvent himself. And he has been dynamic. And so if I'm Duchesne, I mean, I'm not Duchesne. I haven't made generational wealth in my life playing hockey. <laughs> but if if you're Duchesne and you're in this spot, you could. Do you do you want to win? Do you want to do you want to? I think he wants to win. I think he like likes playing. I think culturally, he really likes Dallas. So I, mean, I don't I don't like the word hometown discount here, but I think maybe you have you definitely have some sway there that you wouldn't have in some other places. Um. So obviously you you see if you can get something done, but from his perspective, you haven't done your you haven't done your due diligence if you don't go to market after a season like this, unless the stars just come and blow blow your blow blow things out of the water with their offer right now. 